Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Kirsten. And this is Most Foul Mini. Welcome to Mini Episode 7. Woohoo! Kirsten, as always, it's very lovely to see you. It is so good to see your smiling face always. So Even when it's fake. Yeah, it's fake a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the training of starting working in retail as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? I thought yeah. that was maybe like closeted little kid face too. You don't even turn all the way away from a someone. Like your smile just drops as you're turning away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why you're so fascinated with psychopaths. Yeah, that's... You understand that dropping of the mask. Yeah, having to pretend to care about selling people leather jackets. It really <laughs> does something to you. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. So, listener, you might be able to discern from an extra laugh that there's a guest here today. Yay! We have a classic mini episode today. So, this week, we have a very special guest. Literally one of my favorite people in the world. Top five. My baby brother, Char. Hi! Welcome! I like you said you had to think about the top five, and I, I did the mental math there. I was like, all right, husband, kids. Okay, cool. Top five. I'm okay with that. Top five, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. want to get, That's like, good. top six, because that is kind of giving it away where you fall in the list. But <laughs> 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 Top five. I feel good about top five. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. And definitely one of the great loves of my life i mean if you can talk about a sibling that way without it being weird but um just adore him always adored him we were simpatico like very early on and yeah love him to death so he goes by charlie i call him char um and i can't help myself because that's what i've always called him since he was just a wee one in knickerbockers or whatever um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish I wore knickerbockers. <laughs> that was more kid. like in your 30s phase, but, you know, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yes. But Char has been so kind as to offer to be our inciting incident today. So I'm really looking forward to going there. Huzzah. And, and you can call me Char. It's fine. Good. I, I won't be I, upset. I can't not. I'm sorry. Charlie. I just can't. Hey, Charlie. (laughs) See, it feels weird to you. It feels normal to me. It feels so weird. We won't talk about the check phase. That's for another time. I actually have one person here in California that calls me Chuck. Just one. Just one. He just started calling me Chuck one day, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go with that. (laughs) Also a good name. I mean... Charles is a, a name with a lot of options for you. Yeah. As yeah. is Andrew. I'm kind of yeah, locked but in. Assumed, when someone you don't know brings that familiarity to assume, like when I get an Andy from a stranger, it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, yeah. And there's just nothing about you that projects Andy energy. I'll just, next time I move, I'll just be like, hi, I'm Drew. 
<laughs> just start <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were to have any other like nickname energy, it would be Drew for sure. Which I yeah. love that name. So I I would support your like other life if you went that way. <laughs> and then whenever I introduce people, I'll be like, "You're in my top one thousand people." <laughs> <laughs> And they don't know. Oh, have I set a bad now. precedent? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe you know a hundred thousand people. <laughs> yeah, at work though, it might be like you're in my bottom one hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the worst, but you're yeah. down there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I really wanted to do this just so I could see what Andrew looks like. Here you uh, go. Even though the the listeners can only hear us, but now I can see Andrew. You could have checked our Instagram too, Most Foul Pod. Uh, yeah. For Burn. some reason, Instagram's the one social I don't actually like bother with. Or our Twitter, or our Facebook. Awkward. Are, are your pictures on there? I just look at the tweets and the Facebook posts. Yeah, because we do selfies. So, listeners, we just did a, a pre-record selfie which we'll share on our social, Most Foul Pod, everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's our custom. But now the world knows that my own brother doesn't follow us. That's okay. No, you I know. literally do follow you. It just doesn't pop up <laughs> in my feed because the algorithms are stupid. <laughs> you could also just say my name in a mirror three times. <laughs> and I'll appear. But should, do I say Andy, Andrew, or Drew? Or do I do all Oh, three? I think all three, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I appear to just give a quick fake smile and then disappear. And a shout back, and a shout back to the recent episode with a hook on your hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Creepsville. Well, I'm so glad that you wanted to do this. And for the listeners, I did not twist your arm. You You actually came to me. I mean, I had floated the idea a while ago, but you willingly volunteered correct yeah yeah so listening to the podcast um i, I keep kept wanting to uh interject in the conversation so i would just started te- i just started texting kirsten what i would have said right then she has no idea what part of the podcast or which podcast <laughs> i'm listening to i'm just like yeah we did play cool uh, didn't we that was your fault <laughs> she's at work like what <laughs> Yes, and also, like, should be noted the time difference. So my brother's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, and um, he keeps different hours, I'll just say that, than I do. So it'll be a random text at, you know, like, 3 in the morning my time or, you know. But then I respond back to you at what must be the middle of the night your time, too. Well, given how my sleep schedule is being so weird, like, it just it's all blurs together to me now, so... <laughs> If well, you text so, me at 5 a.m. your time, I'm, I'm, I'm still up. Yes, I know. But it works for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're it's, so glad that you are here, here, virtually. And <laughs> how do we jump right in? I forgot how to do this, Andrew, like every time. Yeah, I think, well, one, if you're listening to this, first go to our website, mostfowlpod.com, or email us at mostfowlpod at gmail and send us your own inciting incident uh, that we can use for a future episode. Definitely. And um, for this, I think it's just, I'm assuming you 
have the concept of an inciting incident of what it was, uh, what random thing or what interesting thing looking back that might have got gotten you interested in true crime. So, yeah, maybe if you just want to jump right in and tell us uh, some of the pieces that got you here. Yeah. So I started thinking about this when I first started listening to your podcast, like, all right, what got me into this? Um, and it wasn't one specific incident, although the making a murder documentary kind of pushed it all forward for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested in the in the uh, criminal justice aspect of true crime. And I started thinking about this, and it, and it goes back to the O.J. Simpson trial. I was in high school at the time, and I remember when the verdict came out, our my high school wrestling coach came out storming out of his office like, yelling at everyone in the lunchroom about this guy getting away with murder, yada, yada. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was, sort of, <laughs> even at the, the, the age of 16, I was like, well, I mean, it's our justice system. He's, you know, jury of his peers said he's innocent. That's all we can do. Yeah. Um, for, for all these certain groups of Americans who are all about the, the justice system and right and wrong, they sure do pick and choose like when they decide to follow the justice system and when they don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like one of the reasons that he was innocent, he was declared innocent, was the basically the police planting evidence. You know, it's like, well, right. the police shouldn't have done that. And you yeah. go to the, like making a murder with Stephen Avery, and you know he was convicted of one crime. Later, it was discovered through DNA evidence and the guy admitting it that someone else had committed the crime. So. When the second murder happened, not to give them too much away for people who haven't seen this thing from five years ago. Um, spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> one of the sheriff's deputies like, I know he committed that other crime, too. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know, like, that's not that's not an approach that the police officers, the, the law enforcement officers should be making. Right. They should be looking for evidence, not deciding who's guilty. Right. But and then we watched the staircase. So. Quick aside, my girlfriend's really into true crime. She watches Forensic Files, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons I got into it. So she's watching these documentaries. I start watching them with her. And we were watching The Staircase a couple of years ago, which is another Netflix murder documentary. Yeah. And uh, there's at one point where the, I don't want to say protagonist, the, the, <laughs> the subject of the documentary. The subject, I like that. (laughs) Protagonist is just the wrong connotation for for Scott Peterson, whatever his name was. But he's, you know, fighting fighting for uh, his life uh, in court. And he has some really expensive lawyers. And he's sitting there at his kitchen table with his brother going through the documents. He gets a phone call from his lawyer like, oh, we're going to do some focus groups. But it's going to cost $80,000. And, you know, this guy's like a... relatively well-to-do author so he has money and he's sitting there at his table and just shaking his head and says what do you do if you're poor i I guess you just go to jail Uh, yeah so like unintentionally insightful from a dirtbag but yeah yeah well i I always you know i go back to the justice system like either he's declared either they find him guilty or not everyone just just assuming he was guilty from the beginning but their evidence for it was well, he's secretly gay. I mean, that you know? whole, yeah, yeah, that whole thing was, uh, yeah, that one, I mean, we, eventually, I'm sure we will do an episode on that case, but, yeah, that whole part of it is just so disgusting. 
the woman yeah. at the trial. I, I like still remember her voice. I, yeah, I can still picture that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what's gotten me into it. Um, that's so fascinating. So every time I see anything that's like true crime on, on, on the news or, 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 well, I don't really watch the, the court TV kind of stuff, but I always try to think of it from like a legal perspective, like, well, whether they did it or not, is this thing okay that's happening to them? Right. right. And the re the reason it bothers me is it lets people get away with things, right? When the police or when there's police misconduct or prosecutor misconduct, it lets people get away with things because when that gets found out, you know, they you can't convict them. Right. 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 So they're 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 being counterproductive to their own goals. And it's like a bit of a rock and a hard place of I, I think I fall in the line of I would rather a guilty person go free because of it than the alternative, which is innocent people being locked away because of it. Right. And I, 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 that's was, the foundation of our system, right? But I think a lot of people, I think we've drifted away from that value. This might yeah, get no, me canceled, but I thought... Uh, I felt like it was the right verdict for Casey Anthony, even though I'm like very confident she did it. But it was like, just because Nancy Grace was on 24 hours a day saying that she did it, it's like, yeah, but the evidence was very circumstantial. And so like, I, I believe she did it, but it was like, but look at how the police handled it. Look at the evidence. Like we can't just convict people. Like we have to have those standards in some way. Right. Well, because you never know when there actually was a coincidence that was, you know, just unlikely. Right. And you know, I mean, there... I, just selfishly, I don't want to live in a world where people can get convicted on hunches and bad vibes and stuff. Because, I mean, that could be you. It could be someone you love. Like, no. But, no, that yeah. leads to the Salem witch trials. Yeah. No. So there was, uh, I almost forgot. There's one other inciting incident that contributed to all this. Uh, I have a family member who was wrongly accused of something uh, and they spent years fighting in court. Basically his neighbor slash ex-girlfriend, someone poisoned her horse because as Kirsten's alluded to, we're from the boonies. Um, <laughs> no, the road ended at my house when I was, when I was in like <laughs> the road ended at the house. <laughs> you can't get further away from, uh, a city, a city center than where I lived. Uh, maybe in Montana, you could. Um, so horse poisoning, not not a common crime in most places, but it's a big deal because you know horses are creatures, but also property and we like property in this country. And valuable and property. They were the the prosecutor and the and the judge and the police department were all conspiring to hide evidence. And when it eventually it came out that they were hiding evidence to prove that he was innocent, but they were so convinced he was guilty because they found DNA evidence. Uh, it was a cigarette butt in the corral, which happens to also be right next to his house where he always smoked cigarettes outside. So they're like, aha, we've got your DNA near the crime scene. He's like, yeah, I live there. I, I right. Live to that. I'm the neighbor. <laughs> yeah. No, it, co it costs my family a lot of money. How did I not know about this story? Uh, it, it happened like in the, was it like around 2007, 2008. I, I, I didn't know about it either. My mom told me about it later. Uh, wow. 
I, I, this was before I convinced my mom that she needed to tell me the goings ons in our family. Because <laughs> I'd call up and she'd be like, oh, yeah, after Uncle Manny's funeral. I'm like, wait, Uncle Manny died? She's like, oh, yeah, he died about six months ago. You've got to tell me these things. Wow. Okay, just for the listener, too, if this sounds confusing to you, Char oh, and yeah. I are adopted siblings. So we have the same father but different mothers. So just a little behind the scenes of yeah, how I could not know about something this big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see because then it's like it makes it real and it makes it personal. And so you're yeah. putting your, you know, you see what, what happens when things go awry and it doesn't take a lot. And I think prosec- prosecutorial, did I say that right? prosecutorial misconduct. That's a mouthful. I I think that when you think about that, you think of these kind of like evil, like, you know, lawyer types, like conspiring. But I think especially in small towns and like insular communities, it's, it's so easy for that stuff to happen because the prosecutor knows this one. And, you know, I mean, like the Ahmaud Aubrey case that is, current right now and that prosecutor being charged like I think for some people it seems really hard to imagine but it's so easy for me to imagine and I think probably both of you having grown up in a small town it's like everybody knows everybody like you're just it starts as oh you're just doing this one a favor and then it you know it grows and it turns into criminal conspiracy but it's not I don't think it's what people think it is where every like the evil the evil people meeting everyone gets together and decides to do this evil thing right. it just kind of like grows and morphs and comes from an evil place in that we all carry this you know thing around in us this darkness I think but I don't know anyway that was my monologue on that well I, I think I, I think it also everyone thinks they're doing the right thing most people think they're doing the right thing from their perspective right they're like they're convinced the guy's guilty, regardless of whatever yeah. evidence they see, right? So they they form the evidence for the to reaffirm their confirmation bias. If I said that mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then at that time frame too, there's like the CSI effect where mm-hmm. you just say the word DNA, and yep. it's like guilty, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, but I think that like all the old cases like all of the science that we no longer recognize. It's like, well, I'm sure there's stuff we're doing now that in 20 years, it's going to be like, we're going to have to change our view and say like, this was not actually good evidence that we said it was. And Right, right. Well, and I think too, doing this podcast, I've had to examine my views on different kinds of punishment. Now I'm, I'm pretty like hellfire and brimstone, like just naturally, but I've never been pro the death penalty. I've always been against it. And it's because I'm just, you know, I'm a pretty peaceful pacifist kind of person, but you know, you see cases like some of the ones that we've talked about and certainly ones that we have coming up in the future. And it's hard to not like feel bloodthirsty and like really be pro death penalty. But the thing that always keeps me back from officially being for the death penalty is knowing that, you know, when you're wrong and people are wrong, even if it doesn't in, include misconduct, there's no taking that back. Right. Right. Once it's done, it's done. It's done. 
And people have been proven innocent who would have been executed. So many times. Yeah. I I find it really interesting too, Char, hearing your perspective on it because you're our first, I think, we don't know kind of the listener stories that we get, who they are and what their demographics are other than male, female, we can guess, I guess. But you're our first subject, our first protagonist (laughs) that (laughs) that we've had on who's a straight white guy. And to hear your perspective, so women who talk about it, you know, it's kind of like coming from a very personal, protective, self-preservation kind of place. And your take mm-hmm. on it is so different, and that's just really interesting. And I, I don't know, I'm making the connection that it's something to do with, you know, the life you inhabit, but it's interesting. I mean, no, I mean, that, that stuff makes a difference, right? I, I, I think I mentioned this to you the other day. I was, I was, going, I was out for a jog before dawn the other day um, because of the weird hours I keep listening to one of your podcasts and I jog, there's a levee behind my house, like about a half a mile away. And so I was jogging down that levee, but it was, you know, the gray of pre-dawn between a a giant almond orchard and some mm, watermelon fields, I think. (laughs) And listening to the podcast halfway through, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be here. But it, but if I wasn't a straight white man, I wouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. You, you would know? have known better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was just like starting to get scared. But, you know, the first time we went out there, my girlfriend was like, are we allowed here? And I was like, I, what are they going to do? You know, they're going to be like, oh, you shouldn't be here. But that's some like white privilege stuff, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I wasn't white, then the what are they going to do part is much darker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> what are they going to do? Say, go get out of here. Like, oh, we didn't know. Turn around and walk away. Right. So. Well, because it's assumed, you know, people see you and the first thing they think of is like white couple walking for exercise, you know, and that's just not mm-hmm. the first thing that pops into people's minds for other folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any favorites now? Any things that you're watching or reading or that you're really into? Yeah, there's this really great podcast I started listening to recently, um, Most Foul. Uh, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Your check's in the mail, Char. Uh, sweet. I had a question <laughs> for both of you, uh, putting you on the spot. Uh, zero to 100%. What is the chance that the woman in the staircase was killed by an owl <laughs> in your minds? By an owl, um, vanishingly small. Like, yeah, I say like one percent, but not zero. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just because I'm one of those, I'm kind of like one of those devil's advocate people who's like anything's possible, you know. But yeah, no. I went deep on the um, in the forums about the owl theory. What's so your just curious? What's your? Uh, I'd probably say four to five percent. Well, and I say I'm, that, just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the four or five, like <laughs> former guest of the pod, Liz yes. once called me uh, very rattled because she was jogging and a bird of prey grabbed her scalp because her ponytail was bouncing, like swooped oh, and down like little... and grabbed her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had that in my mind. So I was like, so big birds have like scratched my friend 
Yeah. So I think but that's I mean, why I have a little more leeway. <laughs> okay, that's the four or five. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Char? Sorry. What, did the owl get in the house? I can't yeah, that's the, the part that is so strange, is like the owl... Like a lot of really random, yeah, a lot of really random weird things would have had to, like if she were outside, I think my number would be different, right? Yeah. But inside with the owl, I mean, because just think in your whole life and like between us, we have over a hundred years of life experience, which is frightening. (laughs) (laughs) But In your whole life, how many times have you had a flying creature come into your house? Once, but it was also like a blue jay, not a big, scary. Okay. You, Char? Uh, It has to have been once, but I couldn't recall it, so maybe none. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking like fowl, not bugs. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, so mine is, I think, twice, so I have a bat, and then I have, yeah, one, like, I can't really remember bird, but definitely not a raptor of anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would remember a raptor. <laughs> so, I, I mean, between us, <laughs> between us, we've got four. I mean, I don't know, I just, yeah, that's a, my, that's my very scientific look at the evidence. Oh yeah, I would not. I would not but assume it, that's what really happened. Yeah, the, the I things don't know. I find that com- guy's so creepy too. The, the things I find compelling about about this stuff are when it's you know when there's compelling characters that are at least not trying to be evil. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I I, I, did, I didn't finish the Tiger King. Like I didn't watch the last couple of episodes because at some point we were texting watching- about the Tiger King and my <laughs> like criminal. My criminal non-watching of it. <laughs> no, it's, it's just at some point watching terrible people do terrible things to other terrible people is just not engaging to me. Yeah. You know, there has to be someone sympathetic. I think you guys mentioned the podcast last time about how they cut out a lot of his more unsavory traits, oh, yeah. let's say. And there was still a lot of unsavory there. <laughs> like that guy was not <laughs> worth rooting for. But neither is Carol Baskins, you know. Yeah. Like, she definitely killed her husband and fed him to tigers. I do kind of think uh, it's funny that he really thought he was getting a pardon. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, he really thought Trump was going to do it. And I don't know why he really thought. But I guess narcissists. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think that there is that common thread. And, like, the guy in the staircase, maybe he didn't do it. But if you were to draw a fictional sketch of the kind of person who would do it, he was perfect. Like, his narcissism and self-absorption and, like, grandiose, you know, it's like, dude, you write, like, shitty fiction. Like, what? what is your deal? Why do you think you're so awesome? <laughs> but I think it's that, like, yeah, that grandiosity. Well, I, I will say, I think the chances of, of uh, him getting a pardon uh, were better than the chances of an owl murder uh, murdering. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I would have to agree with that. I yeah, mean, it was Trump right. after all. <laughs> <laughs> and that, now that I said it that way, I'm imagining an owl with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So did anybody watch the jinx? <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I know about that guy. 
That's the uh, Robert Durst. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I watched a few a few clips of it, including the one where he admitted to killing people on Bud's <laughs> lavalier mic. <laughs> I just, now. I've never known that a nervous burper could exist. <laughs> I don't know about that. He bas- he basically admits to it in the bathroom while he's still mic'd, like talking to himself in the mirror. And then as they're like presenting it to him, he just cannot stop burping. <laughs> what? It was like, how could you like you know, truth is stranger than fiction. Like you would never write that into no. a scene. <laughs> Cause it's just so random. If there's anything the last two years have taught me is that all the most absurd stuff we see in, in fictional media, uh, it's not absurd because reality is just as absurd. You know, yeah. like, if you, yeah, Andrew, you're right. If somebody had written the like, and he admitted it in a mirror with a mic, it's, you know, like everyone would be like, nah, nah, that, that's an editor would have cut that out. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is absurd. Nobody would do this. Nobody will believe this. Oh my gosh. But like, I do yeah. think that's part of the attraction. It's, you know, human behavior at the very outskirts of what seems believable. Yeah. And I, I think the, the compelling part of true crime for me is the victims at least are sympathetic, right? Um, and occasionally, it's the the perpetrator of the crime can be sympathetic too, but mm-hmm. when it's just two criminals like the Tiger King, it's just not. I don't find that engaging. It's, yeah, it's just I find it tedious and, and sort of emotionally draining. Yeah, but th- there's been a big push for 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 that kind of media. I mean, there was that the movie Uncut Gems. It was another example that just terrible people doing terrible things to terrible people and like. Oh, I don't really care if this guy wins his bet or not. Yeah. I so agree. I, that movie, I was like, I just am not enjoying this. And <laughs> I know people rave about it, I guess, because a different side of Adam Sandler. But I, it was like, I'm not rooting for anyone. I, the tension is just like, it, without having that hero, for lack of a better word, it's like, it's just tension for tension's sake. And it's all yeah, bad yeah. people. And you're just like, eh. Well, that was their yeah. goal, right? They wanted to make, like, and I think it's a good film and, like, it accomplished what they were trying to do, but it's not something I wanted to be accomplished with my soul. Yeah. You know? It's like watching The I Boys. Mean, I can't watch that show either. It's just no one's sympathetic in that. Oh, I didn't know that one was like that. I mean, my oh, version of that terrible. is the movie Chicago, which was, like, so popular. <laughs> and I know it seems so strange, but I left That's, that movie just feeling so bleak and like bereft <laughs> about humanity because I was like, it's so nihilistic. And my friends who I was with were like, what's the deal? Like it wasn't scary. It wasn't that violent, but it was just like the, the apathy of people for humanity. There was just like no humanity in it. It disturbed mm. me so much. It's like this fun, like musical. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> are you a member of Overthinkers Anonymous? Absolutely. <laughs> I talked about it way early on in the podcast when I watched the movie House of Wax mm-hmm. for an episode, the like remake one. 
I was like, every character is just a a piece of crap. Like, why would <laughs> yeah. I like to the point where I was like rooting for the killer? <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. Get <laughs> But I, I feel like it's like a fictional kind of Jerry Springer thing that it would appeal to people who like Jerry Springer or Maury Povich, this like human dog fight kind of thing. That would be an interesting series of horror movies where the the, uh, the monster or the, or the killer just kills jerks. I guess that's what Dexter was then. <laughs> jerks, yeah. <laughs> to understate it slightly. <laughs> You know, pedophiles and serial killers and whatnot. <laughs> Those jerks. <laughs> I was thinking more, you know, the Dexter uh, references to the little extreme. I was thinking more people who cut people off in traffic. Mm. Yeah. But then have, we, have, we have Falling Down, that Michael Douglas movie where he oh, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. lost it. God. Imagine now releasing a movie about a middle-aged white guy who just like has a bad day and starts going around killing people and it being even like remotely something that anyone can root for, man, that really like captured an era, huh? Mm, yeah. It's not the, it's not the employee's fault at McDonald's that they have to stop serving breakfast at nine 30. Not to kill them. <laughs> are you sure? Cause I don't know. It feels like they really are enjoying saying no to me for breakfast at noon. <laughs> So this is a new movie. Did either of you watch Nobody with Bob Odenkirk? Mm-mm. Oh, I, I wanted to see that. Uh, haven't gotten around to it because theaters. But yeah. I enjoyed it. There are pieces I really liked. But it, it was sort of set up like, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. Because I did enjoy like the third act. The, the violence was like enough to be... <laughs> interesting but it was sort of set up in that perspective of like frustrated middle-aged white guy like he basically causes all of the problems and it's so it's not like john wick and like the dog being killed it was just sort of like oh but you're just like fragile masculinity made you do something stupid and now these are all the repercussions so i struggled in that one where it was like i mean like fight choreography is cool but i was just like am i just rooting for this like angry dude to he just needs to punch someone because he's mad and it causes this like war (laughs) (laughs) and and he and he's made a sympathetic character because they took his daughter's cat or something uh it's like a stuffed animal oh 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 oh, even more important yes wow and spoiler alert they didn't actually take it (laughs) oh so yeah wow okay well now you've piqued my interest it doesn't really sound like my kind of deal but now i'm feeling intrigued we just need more sympathetic angry white guys like we can go back to heroes and not just (laughs) anti-heroes yeah i don't know i feel like you know, I definitely spend a lot of time thinking about how it feels like we're in a big cultural moment that one day will be studied. But I also feel like I can't quite get my arms around what it is and what is happening, you know, but it feels like seismic shifts are happening. Well, this has been so interesting and it makes me so happy to have my like 
fake work life little brother and my real life little brother in the same virtual space. So I love this episode. Well, I'm glad to have been here um, to compare myself to your work life little brother. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the conversation, I mean, now I'm going to spend the rest of the day thinking about well, true crime doc series I've already watched <laughs> and remembering yeah. those. And now I feel like I need to queue one up for this weekend of one that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which amazing. one are you going to watch? Oh, I don't know. I need a new What's one. the big one? Well, I know there's like the John Wayne Gacy one on Peacock, mm-hmm. which uh, I just found out that if you have Comcast, you can get free Peacock. So. I, I'm Ooh. now a Peacock watcher. <laughs> Which is We're not fun plugging to say. Comcast. <laughs> no. No one's ever wanted to plug Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> but just a tip for the listeners, if you're already paying this a horrific mob boss internet company, uh, you can get some free Peacock, which is owned by NBC, GE, and one of our top military contractors. So... And if you're not, don't sell your soul. It'll come out somewhere else soon. So I was thinking that one, <laughs> even though Gacy, I mean, ugh, you got to really be prepared for darkness, I suppose. Yeah, he was just, his sister was on an episode of Evil Lives Here that I just watched the other day. Ugh. Oh, yeah. one other very quick tangent. I know we're wrapping up. Um, y- you know, there are these, in my opinion, very stupid meme questions all over social media like pretty basic questions of like i bet you can't name a fish without the letter a like people (laughs) respond to them but (laughs) i love this (laughs) there was one on twitter not the same premise but it was just like if you could go back and tell your 18 year old self three words what would they be and so i was scrolling through the replies and somebody tweeted dad is btk and i clicked uh, on it and it it is his daughter oh my god ouch that, man i'm having waves of nausea and chills oh my god yeah, real poor woman sucked the fun out of the <laughs> <laughs> how dare she oh sorry another tangent i know we're wrapping up um did, have you, did you guys watch the Night Stalker uh, docuseries? Y- yes. Ooh, uh, there was so much about that case that I didn't know until I watched that. You have to oh, yeah. watch that, yeah. The shoe thing is just ridiculous and awesome. But I want yeah. But there's yeah. w- one point where um, I think it's Diane Feinstein was at the time the mayor of yes. San Francisco. Oh, my God. And that. so I, I saw everyone, when it was popular, were complaining, like, look at her ruining this case. She broke the case because the police were being so secretive, nobody could give them any real tips. And as soon as she was like, here's a whole bunch of information they haven't said to you guys. The police were all angry that she, oh, no, he's going to change shoes now. He won't be able to realize it's him. They caught him like within a month after that, after like almost a year, because all of a sudden people could, you know, they had something to go with for tips instead of just uh, a scary guy. He did change his shoes, but it wasn't enough to... Spoiler alert. Didn't save him. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch that one. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really good. It's really good. It's so good. And I bet, I'm willing to bet that there are 
things about it that you didn't know. And I mean, not because they were these big secret things, but just Ooh. I thought I knew about it, but I didn't. While I have you guys here, since I can't chat with you while you're while I'm listening to the podcast, you guys <laughs> were talking uh, in a recent podcast about the changing mo and the Texarkana murders, uh-huh. and it made me think about uh, the Night Stalker. Now he had two different things going on, right? One yeah. was the 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 murdery part, and the other was the sexual part. Yeah, and they were completely. Like he didn't connect those together, so he had right. two different things going on. A part of his, uh, I don't want to say maybe neuroses, whatever his issue is. I, I think it that. went a little beyond that. Today's your day of understatement. That <laughs> 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 jerk and his neuroses. <laughs> I'm always a bit understated, and that's an understatement. That's a good but point he- because it's like it's sort of like the CSI thing of like how it changed what we think about DNA and like, oh, this is automatic. Like there probably is a piece of profiling where like we're so used to this idea of an MO that you're not allowed to deviate or break from that it it probably clouds the way we look at cases and Mm -hmm. suspects. Definitely. Fascinating, right? Fascinating. So so I'm really fascinated with the the criminal justice part of this. Yeah. Um, Both the positive and the negative. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that I think is one of the things, too, that makes it such fertile ground for discussion because, you know, I think there are a lot of new podcasts coming up. Um, Truer Crime podcast is one that I really like that talks about crime but also doesn't deify the police um, and acknowledges that there's a lot about the criminal justice system that is not great and is not good and you know, tries to center victims and things. But, I mean, there's just so much to it, right? It's like, when there's a serial killer around, you want police around. Of course. Right? But also, they're not perfect, and they make a lot of mistakes, and the justice system is not perfect and makes a lot of mistakes. And, like, yeah, there's just so much to it. Yeah, and I I don't want anyone to think I'm dogging on all police and all prosecutors. For the most part, they do their jobs, you know, like anybody, right? There's they're still doing a job of work, right? It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's an important job and a, and a dangerous job and a, a job that's fraught with uh, potential abuses of power. They're not all like that. But when it comes up, when they passionately want to get the guy or the, the woman, mostly guys, let's be honest, mm-hmm. uh, when they want to get the person, they go too far often. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're in their heads protecting society. In the end, they're, they're potentially letting someone who's a horrible person get away with it. Right. And I'm definitely not like, you know, raw, raw police or anything like that. But as you're reading about these cases, the research that we do and you're getting, you're digging into them, especially like I do the crime side. So I'm digging into stuff that never makes it to the podcast because it's just too disgusting and disturbing, honestly. But like, you can see how that line would become really blurry, you know, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. day in and day out, you know, eight to 12 hours a day, you're living and breathing this gory, disgusting reality. Like when you thought you had your guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody likes to think that they're very moral, but I can't say that I wouldn't cross that line. I don't think anyone really can until you're in that moment. And I think then we have to rely on our systems. And that's why it's like systemic racism, systemic abuses of power, because mm-hmm. you can't rely on the goodwill or the, the ethics of people. You have to rely on a system that's built properly. Right. Otherwise, it just becomes the ends justify the means. And we know where that gets us. 
Exactly. Well, no, thank you great. for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for thank you guys for having me on. It's it, it was gratifying to to be able to talk about these things with you. Um, I'll be on it. I'll, maybe I'll be on again in a few years, and I can then talk about everything I've wanted to talk about when I can't talk to you guys. When I'm listening <laughs> to um, nice. Actually, now that I have Andrew, now that I Andy, no kidding, ah. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I have your phone number, I can text both of you my random thoughts at four in the morning when I'm listening to your awesome. podcast. Awesome. Yeah, cool. thank you so much for being on. It was really fascinating. I was telling Kirsten during uh, a break, which won't make sense because I will be edited out, but <laughs> <laughs> just how like really interesting this side and the viewpoint of getting into true crime in this way. I, really interesting. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot to talk about Joan Benet Ramsey. Oh well, next time. Next time, <laughs> you could be our Teaser. first repeat. Our first repeat guest. I mean, maybe All we right. have like you know, I could see Liz and Char becoming regulars. Yeah, I, I, I can speak for Liz that she would probably enjoy that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, listener, we appreciate the hell out of you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Most Foul. If you've got a tip for a future episode topic or want to send us your own inciting incident for a mini episode, visit our website at mostfoulpod.com and write in. This has been a Facts from Janet production.